All right, I think we're live. Oh, yeah. All right, another episode of Monero Talk. It's been a while. Brian, I think it's been like three weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, we've taken some time off. Yeah, it's just the August uh, doldrums. Seriously, just so much going on. With the, with the bear market, just kind of... I mean, kind of... yeah, we have a ton to talk about if we want to go for the last three weeks, make up for everything we've missed. <laughs> but, uh, what, we have a, a segment you want to talk about on the show with Lucas here, right? So Yeah, Lucas, if you want to introduce yourself, I've been trying to get somebody from basically the Monero Outreach Group uh, to come on with us. Uh, I know Lucas, I see him in that chat quite often. I don't know what role he plays. I don't even know if people actually have roles. So I would just love to hear from him, learn about that. And I think he's working on a couple of other interesting projects. Yeah, so thank you for having me on the show. And yeah, the Monero Outreach Group is an interesting kind of a conglomerate of different people all putting together their efforts to market for Monero. Uh, it's interesting because I'm a member of the, the group, but it's... Uh, it's pretty decentralized, and so there's no leader or anything. Um, but everyone, the, the purpose of the Monero Outreach Group being for marketing and education for Monero community. Nice, that's huge. I mean, the educational aspect. I feel like the lack of education on crypto in general is what gave us that huge run-up to, you know, in prices and then the crash, and now people don't know why it's crashing, they didn't know what they bought. Uh, so that's that's really cool. So how do you guys spread the word? Yeah, and, and to, to, to add to what you're saying, like the lack of education being a problem in the crypto space, one of the things that we're hoping to do with the Monero Outreach Group is I anticipate, and I think many other people anticipate, Monero to be a significant cryptocurrency in the coming years, months, decades. And we want to make sure that when Monero receives more attention at, as a result of, let's say, a price increase, that we have the necessary resources and people available to kind of help guide the new people coming into the community and be like, okay, this is what the Monero community is about, uh, and that we have a the ability to respond to the increased awareness and attention for Monero. Yeah, are there any uh, specific projects that uh, the community is working on? Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting because I think the Monero Outreach Group is, uh, there, the Monero community as a whole is interesting because there are a number of different people that are all creating their own platforms to spread the word about Monero and provide kind of their own take on how Monero works and their own ideals and such, because there is no centralized organizational structure for the Monero project. And so it's up to people to take initiative and to start new projects. Uh, I've started two uh, main projects, the Church of Monero and the Monero Space Force, which are two different, uh, different fundamentally ideologically based projects. Uh, and then there's other people like Justin who started the you know the Monero community group, but you have Need Money 90 with XMR Trader. You have uh, I mean you have the Monero Jobs group, the Monero Outreach group. And so it's really this kind of melting pot of different platforms that people in the community have uh, used as a way to in take initiative and spread the word about Monero. You know, that's, that's really cool too. I like that approach. I mean, everything else in the community is so either, you know, it's 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 not even, like we're crowdsourcing it, it sounds like this, so much, such a better approach than like Zcash where they have actual minor rewards going to the dev teams for projects, or they have like Dash where, you know, they're trying to fund projects through the, the, the network itself. Here it's all just community driven, people getting together. You know, nobody's trying to snake a flag in the network protocol itself. 
Uh, I love that. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting. There was um, I was actually watching a the Bitcoin Uncensored show as well earlier today, and Chris Rose was talking with Justin about this idea of sweat equity in the Monero community, and I think that's so true and makes it different than a lot of other communities that have um, a centralized way to crowdfund or generate resources to market. People have to, um, in, you know, sacrifice and put in their own time and energy to make anything happen, really. Doug, I think your mic is... Doug, we can't hear you. You might have muted mic. Okay. There we can you go. hear me? Doug. Yeah, your, your sound's a little weird on your side, Brian. I don't know if that's... Hearing a lot of yeah, that sounds a lot better. You just mute it. Uh, no, I just turned. I just blocked the fan. <laughs> oh, oh my god, that's so much better right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, what was I gonna? Say? Yeah, I, I've seen Krista Rose like uh, lurking around in the Monero outreach group recently, um, which I think is interesting. He seems to be becoming more and more of a Monero fan. I don't know, maybe he always was. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I tried pitching a project in there once. The uh, giving basically, I wanted store to start an initiative where stores would be giving back change in Monero, so customers would come in, they'd pay with cash, and uh, store clerks clerks uh, could give back change in Monero if the customer opted into that. So if you paid like ten dollars for a two dollar cup of coffee you can get $8 back and change in Monero. And uh, I see this kind of being as a way to onboard people in, you know, kind of a natural fashion as they go about their daily lives and kind of the reverse way of thinking about it. Instead of trying to get stores to adopt accepting uh, crypto for purposes of receiving payment, um as we all know more people are kind of more interested in hoarding right now than spending so this would be kind of a way to um get people excited about getting their hands on crypto easily as opposed to getting them to spend it and then the whole obviously you know monero kind of kind of works well with the whole cash aspect and if you could find a way to buy monero with cash that's kind of the optimal way to do it and uh, in some states like New York, uh, it's not very easy to do that. So this was kind of a workaround. Um, but yeah, I got, some, I got some interesting feedback from the Monero Outreach Group. And I think I might try to uh, continue to pursue that idea in the group. It was just fun uh, talking to everybody in there. You know, it was interesting. I was at uh, DEF CON the last uh, weekend or so. And one of the people uh, working with Atari no, it was um, Lewis with Globy was interested in creating a uh, like a coin machine uh, that would update the you know like a, a vending machine where you could pay with coins whatever, but so you could also maybe pay with Bit or with Monero. Um, and then I was also talking with someone else later who was um, talking about creating some sort of uh, like hardware physical device that you could set up shop somewhere that would allow people to basically turn dollars into tokens. Uh, my only, I guess concern would be just regulatory compliance with having a service that would allow people to buy Monero with cash effectively anonymously. If they're, if you buy a cup of coffee for $2 and you pay $10 and you get $8 of it back and change in Monero, that's not, that's a great service and I think it would certainly benefit a number of people in the community. My only concern would be, would there be a pushback from a regulatory perspective of like, well, you still have to do some sort of KYC AML um, as a result of that 
that service. I don't know how that would play out, but it's a, it's a very interesting idea. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did actually some initial research on it. I actually hired an attorney to do some research. That's kind of in the crypto realm. Uh, the guy in New York. Um, I mean, based on his opinion, it, it could be done, but it's certainly a gray area. Um, I think the regulation would try to would would kind of come after the fact. But I mean, as of today, if you did it, I think I think I think it's okay. And it it is a gray area, but I mean, it's really you're allowed in New York, particularly. You know, you're allowed to accept crypto and use crypto for you know in exchange for services and products. So this so to to give. Monero back as change, you're really just using it uh, for the sale of products and services. You just happen to be giving the change back. So it's definitely a gray area. I don't know. I don't know if if regulation would respond to it, but I think as of now, it's kind of, I don't want to say a loophole, but I don't think it's, I think, I think it's, it would be allowed. And I think it'd be just kind of a, uh, even if, you know, if it eventually kind of was looked at in a uh, closer initially, I think it would kind of help get the word out about Monero in particular as people, you know, go to shops, maybe see stickers in windows, you know, if you're buying something with cash, get your change in Monero, just kind of saw it as a grassroots way. Um, but that's just what, you know, one idea that maybe a Monero outreach group might be interested in helping out with. Yeah. It's interesting because there's a number of different, uh, maybe ideologies and such in the in the Monero community in general, and myself somewhere. You know, I think I would fall somewhere in the neutral. I try not to go too much on either side, but certainly you see um, some people within the Monero community that are very strong. Uh, maybe like anarcho-capitalists who are you know, very pro-anarchy and against the state, and then maybe people who might be more neutral and might be like, well, you know, maybe there's going to be some balance and symbiotic relationship here. Um, so, my I guess my the thing that popped into my head was that the definition of change is a little bit arbitrary where when you think of change you know if i buy something for two dollars and i spend three dollars and i get one dollar back as change or less than a dollar back as change that makes sense right but if i buy something for two dollars and i spend five hundred dollars and now i get four hundred and ninety eight dollars back in change sure does it sure. still change like, right 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 and so yeah, you know, I, th I think yeah, yeah, you would have to like you know, if you're buying a two dollar cup of coffee, you know, I think if you use the ten dollar bill, that would be uh be considered, you know, okay. But yeah, if you're if you're you know, you can't pay five hundred dollars for a two dollar cup of coffee. Yeah, I think that would you'd certainly be taking advantage at that point. But uh what uh I think what is no different than exchanging fiat for other fiat. They'd look at it as, you know, ten dollars of Canadian to Euro, they'd say, Okay, but if you're doing two grand to get 1998 in euro and then a cup of coffee with it you know right yeah it has to be that you're actually giving it out as change you know i think and obviously you know that that would be one of the goals with with the program if you were trying to do this is to you know if you were onboarding stores just you know tell them you know just follow follow these rules do it in an appropriate way and but um I just wanted to jump in because I know you. I know you don't have much time. I wanted to get it to the to the Church of Monero. I was just totally just intrigued by the name itself. I think I saw you had posted a video a few weeks back, like a month or so ago. Uh, but if you could just kind of explain it, and then maybe we could ask some questions. And is it something that you're actively working on? Yeah. So the Church of Monero uh, is an interesting, very interesting idea. Uh, I think before we even. Uh, begin to talk about the purpose of the Church of Monero. I think it's important to make some established definitions about religion and church 
as a, as a concept. Uh, and I like the definition that Alan Watts, a, a philo uh, old philosopher passed away many years ago, says that uh, church and religion is a, is a form of collective thanksgiving. It's really almost an art form where uh, it's like a dance where people, you know, when they go to church, they are, they, all the people, the members of the congregation of the church are, uh, they all have similar shared virtues and are just um, performing either tradition or rituals together as a, it's really an art form. And so the, the purpose of it is, is different than the purpose of like a business where uh, you have either like a profit motive or you have a, an objective or something that you want to try to achieve. The purpose of, of to, to ask what is the purpose of a church is similar to asking what is the purpose of dance or art. And so in that way, the Church of Monero is more of an art form than it is a uh, objective-oriented uh, organization. Going along those same lines, the structure of the Church of Monero has been evolving as more people become involved and the um, you know, questions of leadership and how who actually either uh, directs the Church of Monero, if there's any sort of structure or hierarchy like that at all, or if it follows more along the lines of the Monero decentralized uh, everyone is equal sort of principles. And so uh, in a recent conversation with one of the uh, other leaders of the Church of Monero, uh, John, we had a discussion with regards to the differences between different forms of law, where you have like Roman law or Napoleonic law, where Roman law being uh, maybe unstructured, uh, Napoleonic and, and permissionless, whereas Napoleonic law being more uh, permissioned and closed and so for this reason, I, I'm thinking that the, I'm still involved with the Church of Monero, and I see it as a, a brand that can be used to help promote and market Monero. Uh, things like, uh, you know, the, the axiom within the Church of Monero is that we have a religious right to financial privacy. Now, what that statement actually means is a little unclear, um, but it's interesting that you can kind of put these words together in a certain way, and it seems to make sense. Um, what does it mean, a religious right? Uh, how do you define whether something like that is religious or not? What are the requirements for something to be considered a religion? All of this is very subjective in nature, mm -hmm. in the same way that art is subjective in nature. And so it's not yet clear what the purpose of Monero or the Church of Monero is, other than, as I said, like a collective art form. Uh, and for that reason, uh, I have also branched off and started another organization called the Monero Space Force, which operates in a uh, yin-yang sort of relationship with the Church of Monero, where the Church of Monero is decentralized, open, permissionless, the focus of it being on community and bringing people in and educating them and just having fun in a form of uh, celebration or Thanksgiving as we all share in this uh, movement of uh, technology like Monero. And then the Monero Space Force being kind of the diametric opposite, where it's closed, permissioned, uh, hierarchy hierarchical, uh, structured, and has clear purposes. So kind of having a balance between both of these where we can have people who maybe are more inclined to agree with the decentralized virtues can participate in the Church of Monero in an open sort of way. And then people who might be interested in pursuing um, purposeful goals like getting, a, you know, completing the Monero moon mission or launching a Monero satellite or um, really I think the first purpose or, that I'm going to have set the Monero Space Force towards is developing a video game uh, that is going to teach people about Monero, how it works, and provide that as an educational resource to the community. But all of these sorts of projects require some structure and hierarchy and centralization in order to efficiently accomplish them that 
may be a little bit more difficult to achieve in a purely decentralized organization like the Church of Monero. Okay. Right. It's funny that you, you know, those two models of governance and, and productivity, it's literally why we can have you know, hard forks on Monero versus non-hard forks on Bitcoin between the communities. Monero is a, a much more cohesive community. We have one goal, fungibility at all costs. And, uh, you know, at, at decentralization, whereas Bitcoin, it's like, all right, we're going to be as decentralized as possible. And a lot of different, you know, fractures have formed and they can't get a lot done, which is also a positive in my mind. But it's, you know, not nearly as productive as, you know, they have new code releases. We can't get approved like Segwit. You know, Monero doesn't have those setbacks. I totally understand what you're saying with the different models of governance. I think that's that's cool that you're on both sides of the spectrum with that. Are you uh, are you seeing anybody else in the community with who's showing interest in these concepts? Uh, surprisingly, uh, the Church of Monero is actually getting quite a bit of interest, uh, and I think that partly is due to the, the controversial nature of the name, where uh, maybe a lot of people in Monero are more science oriented, and so you might think that something that's called church is opposed to science. Um, but in fact, I think the two can operate in harmony, and that's kind of the idea of the really the foundation of the Church of Monero is to try to bridge the gap, let's say, between art and science and, and bring these two groups together. Uh, and so, I, yeah, I'm beginning to see more interest in the Church of Monero as people begin to kind of digest the idea and integrate it into the kind of the collective uh, psyche ideology. And I think part of it also is just talking about it and going and meeting people. I've been going to a lot of different meetups and talking to different people in different communities. And so we're beginning to see sort of a crystallization of um, groups form as much as we want to pursue de decentralization as much as possible. Um, as human creatures, we, we naturally do tend to create these sorts of hierarchies, even if they're completely merit-based and competence-based. You know, at the end of the day, if you are getting a, a surgery done, you want to make sure that you have the best surgeon working on your, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so you want a certain hierarchy there where you can select from the best. Uh, and so you know, that naturally, that's what's emerging here. <laughs> Cuckoo clocks are going off in the background. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I think also, you know, when you think about crypto too, I mean, you, th there are comparisons that can be made to religion itself. So not even just the Church of Monero, but any of these cryptocurrencies. I mean, are essentially groups of people that are coming together and collectively believing in a concept. It's basically a really abstract concept. I mean, money itself, right, is essentially, I mean, it's not a religion, but it's similar in that it's an abstract con concept that everybody has agreed to believe in. When you say, oh, we're going to decide that uh, a piece of gold has value, that's just people all collectively believing in an abstract concept together. And that's certainly what crypto is at its core. Um, the... It's, it's becoming really interesting because, I mean, the technology is there. It's open source. You can, you know, spin it up in any way you want. But at the end of the day, which one is going to win? It's, it's going to be the one that gets the most network effect, which is essentially the one that becomes the, the largest relig religion per se, right? I mean, right now, that's kind of, that's kind of where Bitcoin certainly has the lead. Uh, I think Monero's picking up steam, but I really think that's the most important factor, which is the adoption and the people all agreeing that it has value. Um, 
the technology is going to be tweaked here and there. Some things are going to do things a little different. I think what separates Monero, as we all know, is the fungibility. And I think that's a critical component to any of this. And I think ultimately that's going to kind of, that's what's going to keep us in the game and allow us to slowly collect more believers as people realize what this stuff is and what it needs to be. But just, yeah, tying it back into religion. I mean, it's really, there are, there are definitely some similarities overall between crypto in general and religion. And I think language too, I've been thinking about it in terms of languages. Um, I think me and Brian, Brian, we were talking about this the other day, you know, it's like, it's at the end of the day, it's just a protocol, right? Uh, it's people agreeing to a protocol that they're going to use for the purposes of transferring value. Um, and ideally, everyone would be on the same protocol. That would be the most efficient way of doing things. But humans don't naturally don't end up always working in that way, right? I mean, we're tribal. We section off. We, we don't all believe in one religion. We don't all speak one language. We don't all have one culture you could certainly make arguments as to why the world would be a much more efficient place if we were all, uh, if we all shared those things in common as well, those, those protocols as well. So I'm starting, you know, you start to think about, you know, cause you have the, the Bitcoin maximalists who are out there calling everything that's not Bitcoin a scam. But uh, in reality is, is it going to be one protocol to rule them all? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think the idea of religion as a form of a collective uh, learning or um, collective information disbursement is very interesting where you could say that software development and programming is the new literacy. And so maybe hundreds of years ago when people couldn't read and the only people who could read were the, the clergy or the people of the religious uh, the holy order, um, then what happened was you had the different sacred texts like the Bible, which, you know, is stories, but I think also there's some truth and some credibility and merit to some of the parables in these stories, some wisdom, you know, embedded in this, this these books. Uh, and in the same way, you could say that wisdom is embedded in the technology, like the uh, open source software code that Monero has, where uh, like it, the fungibility being important is a is wisdom. And so you could think that maybe the Church of Monero or these different sorts of religions are providing a similar function that religions in the past did which was to disseminate uh, complex information in a digestible way to the masses. And that was, I think, the purpose of religions in the past was to disseminate uh, complex issues of morality or different sorts of wisdom and parables through biblical stories or whatever sacred text you want to people who might not have been literate to actually read the text. As much as we would like to be able to teach everyone how to, for themselves, audit the Monero source code, that it's, that, I don't know if that's going to happen. And so we need to think of new ways to bring people into the fold beyond saying, hey, if you want to learn about Monero, there's the open source code, go read it for yourself. A lot of people, even myself, find that too daunting. And so if we had someone who maybe, and that's maybe the purpose of the Church of Monero is to find people who can uh, learn enough about how the code works um, and then be able to effectively kind of provide that information to newcomers so that they can also um, still benefit from the knowledge without having to to do all of maybe the heavy lifting of understanding yeah i mean so what was the name kind of a lark to begin with was it kind of like a a, a play on the on the concept or do you do you seriously see it as being the church of monero i mean was that what was your uh was there yeah. well, the, 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 one of the primary functions was marketing so okay 
system. You needed something that was going to be catchy, something that was going to be that has going to have like a, something that could stick in people's minds, a, an idea, something that you could, um, you know, something that was symbolic, really. And so I thought, well, I think of these things also as memes, and memes being like a, like a you could call them a mental virus. You could just call it like a mental idea that spreads beyond, you know, throughout people. And cryptocurrencies certainly fall in categories of memes. And I think religions also certainly fall in categories of memes. And so I thought, well, why not put these two together? Uh, and in fact, the kind of the name Church of Monero is also uh, kind of mentioned this earlier, an intent to try to unite two different ideologies of art and science, where you can say religions and churches are an art form. You have beautiful cathedrals, you have music, you have a, it's form of, it's a form of collective dance. You have singing, you know, this is a very religious sort of tradition. And then you have Monero, which is very academic, very peer-reviewed, very structured, um, very scientific. And so a group that can effectively bring both of these two things together, I thought would be a useful um, and necessary component of the ecosystem. Cool. Brian, what do you think? You joined the Church of Monero? Uh, yeah, you know what? I've never really <laughs> tie crypto and religion together so this is like a whole new uh, realm for me i'm gonna have to dive into stuff <laughs> i was more focused on the other question of uh one coin to rule them all but man is that just that's too loaded of a question and that would yeah that's, yeah no that's a huge question yeah. uh see, but the, no I, I see the tie-ins with church like i said on that level of the fact that at yeah, the end of the day it's people agreeing to a pro you know agreeing to a protocol um but uh, yeah, I don't know the Church of Monero thing. What I don't, I guess, what I don't like about it, which is also, I mean, it's good that it's controversial, right? I mean, that's what that's why we're talking about it right now. And I was intrigued when I heard it. But I, it's the fact that you're calling, we're calling it a Church of Monero, you're calling it a Church of Monero. It's like, it's like letting you. It's it's reminding people that we are kind of part of this cult, right? Like, I'd rather not look at it that way. I rather, it's like it's like asking people to like admit to themselves whether it's bitcoin monero dogecoin i mean there's this cultish aspect to it right undeniably i like it <laughs> but you know it's like do you want do you want to admit that it's cultish to that degree to that degree so by calling it you know so by creating something called church of monero it's like you're basically labeling it giving it that connotation Right. Well, cults cults have a negative stigma because cults tend to exploit their members and do harmful things. And, right. And all this stuff. But the, the Church of Monero, if people want to call it a cult, whatever. Um, but we don't have a profit motive. Uh, we don't accept donations. Uh, no intent to accept donations. Many people are like, oh, well, you could just use it for tax deductible nonprofit donations. But the possibility of self-funding and all this kind of stuff, we'd rather not paint a giant target arm on our backs. Um, we've already kind of done that enough. So. We have no intention of accepting donations. We have no profit motive. It's it's just a community where people can organize and gather and talk about cool ideas together. Um, and maybe if we can build cool stuff, great. Um, on the other hand, if we want to actually do something maybe for more with more profit motive, um, that'll be the Monero Space Force, where we'll have more of a business uh, organization that will be registered and we'll have appropriate uh, legal compliance. And so um, we don't want to you know step on the wrong toes. Okay. So how how long you been, is Monero your like your one coin? Are you you're into cryptos in general, or have you made transitions from one to another? What's your kind of your your stance on crypto in general? Yeah, I, there's I, there's really only maybe like a handful of coins that I like. 
uh, at this point, and this is kind of the advice I give to most people, is there's so many coins out there that you're better off to just pick a few good ones, focus on those, and ignore the rest. Because if you try to learn everything there is to know about all these other coins, it's just it's, a, it's almost a mental DDoS. And people ask me, what do you think about this coin? And I say, I don't think about that coin. So I, I focus um, almost primarily on Monero, but there are other projects that I'm interested in. Such as, give us, give us a few that you like. Well, of course, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Maximalist, um, but also I like Aeon. I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a nice test bed for Monero. Um, I also like Counterparty. I think that's an interesting one. Uh, Litecoin. Uh, a lot of these ones that tend to be open source, decentralized, uh, without a clear, yeah, they kind of follow similar ideological principles. Yeah, I think all those you picked are like kind of uh, are in line with true true protocols as opposed to some of these more centralized things that are out there. I, I like the idea of using making sure that the base layer is decentralized. So the currency that you're going to use should be decentralized, like Monero. But then once you have a decentralized first layer, there's no reason you can't have centralized second layers on top of that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the idea with the Church of Monero. Well, not the Church of Monero, but Monero oh, Space Force. They're going to hate you. Who? Zcashers will hate you for that. Zcashers dash. <laughs> if their if their if their governance model works, then it will be successful in the long run. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, what is your take on governance then, in general, and how it could? Be, I know we we're saying how Monero is very decentralized, and you see that in the Monero outreach group itself, people trying to coordinate. Uh, so, do you think? there's governance structures that should then be built on top of Monero or is uh, the, the word should here is, is maybe what I take issue with um, because I don't want to make a claim to say that this is what people should do. Sure. Um, I, I think that I, I have a particular idea of how I think I want to do it and maybe other people in the community will try it different ways. I think at the end of the day, um, time will tell to see which ideas are successful and which ideas last through time. Um, but I do think that a balance between decentralization and centralization is necessary for a system. Too much centralization and you get rigid hierarchies that maybe become tyrannical. Too much decentralization and you have no structure and it's very hard to get things done. So the extremes of both of these are wrong. And so you need to have some sort of balance between the two. Mm -hmm. um, with that said, I am really short on time. I've actually got to go. But okay. This was an amazing conversation. We will we'll definitely. Yeah, I'd love to, love to keep it going there. another time. Yeah, if you get anybody else from the Monero Outreach Group, uh, let us know. Uh, where should pe people go? Telegram, right? Is the best place for kind of joining the Monero Outreach Group? Yes, the Monero Outreach Group uh, Telegram. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, I have a Twitter now and, and an Instagram. Just uh, Twitter is RealZiagu, uh, X-E-A-G-U, and Instagram is also RealZiagu. Oh, so it's spelled how it sounds. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, man. We'll, uh, we'll be in touch. Awesome. Thank you very much, Justin. Good luck questions. with all your projects. Thank you. All right. Go on. So, uh, what else is going on? I mean, I don't know if we should get into the last three weeks of, of everything. The, you know, vaults imploding in general from, you know, all kinds of good stuff. Should we yeah, save the, it for the next episode? Or yeah, we could, we could. I know we wanted to. Uh, we were trying to get, uh, what's his name, to come on and talk about Grin. Um, what's it? What's his name? The cake wallet. Uh, knife of pie. Knife of pie. 
Yeah. And by I've been speaking with him. He's been busy. So maybe we'll I'll do our next show on that. Uh I mean in general, you know, the bear market continues. Monero keeps chugging along. Um I'm I'm I mean, while we're losing a lot of dollar value here, which kind of sucks in this bear market, we do need to see a lot of these shit projects tank. And people are always chanting for the flippening. I mean my focus is decoupling. I want the good projects to break away from the alts. I, I hate seeing these. All the alts are up 15% today. All the alts are down 15% today. Mm-hmm. I want to say, like, you know, aside from the ones that get pumped on news, like Zcash going to Coinbase, so that one's up 30. The rest are up 2%. Like, I want to see where there's just a complete decoupling where these projects make sense. They have value. This project, like Dogecoin, should not triple in value when there's no development for the last three years. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many abandoned projects worth near a billion dollars. It's kind of scary. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm all I'm all for washing all those out. I right. mean, as long as uh, Monero doesn't get thrown out with the bathwater, but yeah, well, I, I don't I don't see that happening. And I do what I do see is, um, you know, the people in the Monero community that are kind of like the the leaders. They they continue on with the message of, um, you know. Don't be, we can't, we can't, you know, be obviously we're pro Monero, right? Uh, We're all here for the fungibility and everything, but to ignore Bitcoin is just, you know, it's silly. And it's, if if Bitcoin dies, they all die. Now, this is like what Pete, this is kind of like the the meme that's being spread. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that though. Well, I I mean, like, no, I mean, if you really think about it in general, like, I mean, I mean, if Bitcoin dies, is is crypto dead? To me, I think, yeah, if Bitcoin dies, here's what you have. Uh, a currency that lasts, on average, 10 years. So what big money would jump into that saying, wait, so that one was the de facto currency. It had great talent and died. I mean, it really depends why it dies, right? Yeah, it depends why it died. I mean, it doesn't mean the people that had had it didn't, didn't pour it over to the one that survived, you know? Um, I mean, think about it this way, even, even forks on chain where you're given both currencies like Bitcoin, Bitcoin, uh, you know, it's still so divisive and, and a lot of people make bets early on. I think if there ever is a fork down the road, a lot of people will hold both depending on the players. But I mean, if Bitcoin, the entire chain dies and it doesn't just fork off and live somewhere else, I mean, that's to me, catastrophic for the whole community. Yeah, I mean, I just don't even see that as being a possible scenario. I mean, yeah, that's no, I that's like the internet dying itself. Right. You're always going to have like groups of people that will have interest in this because the technology is just so interesting. Um, it would, it's just human nature. People aren't going to stop playing with crypto. Um, but yeah, no. So, but I'm but I'm hearing that message being spread a lot. You know, like. Uh, it's not just, you know, you could you could love Monero, be a Monero maximalist, but you uh, you should never kind of ignore the honey badger or right. poke the honey badger well, because they, if you do, you know, who I knows mean, what will happen. People do that for two reasons, though, primarily, right? I mean, one is so they don't seem like they're just blindly shilling their bags. Right. You know, and then secondly, listen, when Bitcoin goes on a tear, these alts get crushed. Right. You know? And like we saw it last 
you know, what was it last? Uh, we were in Litecoin for a little bit. Bitcoin started to pull away for like two, three days. You're like, oh, shit, we're starting to lose out our Bitcoin. And then, you know, alts rallied right through it. But it's a good way to safeguard yourself because Bitcoin is this beast that just gets thrown around and alts in a bear market do worse. And in a bull market, they can, you know, in the last year do a lot better. So it's like the ultimate coverage. You, you can't go wrong saying that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm feeling better than ever about Monero. I mean, we have Covery around the corner. I think that's I think that's pretty big. Yeah, well, uh, what I like, man, if the price proofs. is dropping, people need to realize the price has no reflection on the actual product anymore. You know? Like, because the fact that, like, all of these other alts, like, I think Ethereum is tremendously overvalued. Yeah. Know? But people buying it at $1,000 think it's on sale. You know, right. Monero's gone on a crazy run. Just the the low inflation rate, the complete opposite, uh, you know, stats from Bitcoin, from the protocol on. Everything they do is different. It's the ultimate hedge. I just, I think uh, if, you know, if it hits that line I was telling you about, I'm, I'm jumping back in hard. But we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think Monero kind of has the most, out of all of them, you know, including, well, I guess, aside from Bitcoin, has kind of the most natural growth rate you know and growth in general uh it's it seems to be growing in you know in relation to its actual adoption as opposed to pure speculation obviously you know when monero was 500 dollars a coin every everything was inflated but still it was it was less you know monero should have been number two at that monero should have been where ethereum was at that point and it wasn't you know it's right. kind of always been a little bit more tame and it's and it spikes and it drops. It seems to be, for whatever reason, uh, to more directly coincide with the tech, the the actual value of the technology itself, and the rate of adoption. Yeah, I don't well, know why that. Why why do you think that is? Like, why is Monero kind well, of? I mean, listen. If Monero was added to Coinbase, the, the price would just go wild, especially last year. Right. Um, if we did what Ethereum did and had a huge marketing team and made like, you know, you have Ricardo Spagni is basically the voice of Monero. And he's trying to change that to even decentralize things further. But he's going out and he's saying, you know, don't buy Monero. Hey, we're forming the Monero. I have a huge announcement coming up. Trolled the entire community. People were buying into Monero, driving the price up for this huge announcement that ended up being a huge joke video. You know, if anything, right. he does like the opposite to, to keep everyone more rational and more in line. And so, uh, you know, it's for better or worse, you don't get those instant moonshots for the most part like these other alts, but you also don't flash crash and disappear. You know, everything's a, a lot more even ended, even with this bear market. I mean, when you bought a year ago, after even after the pumps, like we're still at that break even point from a year ago now. Most of these other alts have gotten massacred. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So that's a huge statement in itself from an era. Where do you see a Bitcoin going right now? Oh, it's tough to say. I think. I mean, honestly, I think I mean, Tone Vase is trying to drive it down to the to the to the ground. Yeah, I don't care what anyone says, man. Tone definitely trades Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, I mean, he would have to. There'd be no reason for him not. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like pure market for a while in the yeah. first, in the beginning like the first six months of last year he was able to manipulate the market yeah great, you know right. and uh like i'll never forget all the calls he made that were wrong because i was in on those and so yeah 
anybody that's just listening to this 1300 call, let me tell you, he called it last year and you would have missed out from 3000 all the way to 20 grand if you were waiting for that 1300. So, oh, right. Because he was saying then that we had to go back and test it. Yeah. He's saying we got to test, we got to te uh, test that, that 1300 line. And the China band came out at 5K. And he was like, this is a great opportunity to test that line. He's like, we have some support at 3K. And then it's right to 1300 if that doesn't hold. He had so many people worried about 1300 that a lot of people did not hold on to that 3K. Yeah. yeah. And I was really, I'm like, I was looking at the 3K line. And a lot of people watching, you know, on Twitter, you can see the tweets. People put sales in at twenty nine ninety. He lost people so much. I mean, in, in so many things, though, like even like the bashing Ethereum from two dollars all the way to what it was thousand dollar instantly. Yeah, it's just like you follow him and not doing a very good service. I mean, I I love I love his maximalism though. I, I mean, I love that he stays true to it. But then I, I, also, I mean, I listen to this guy very closely. We've both been listening to him for a long time. And you really start to pick up on his inconsistencies. and Yeah, which they get glossed over when he says, okay, let's move on. You know, Yeah, like, like all of a sudden, it's not about fungibility and trans censorship resistance. Like is like, because that's kind of his claim, right? Like as to why, you know, the value proposition of Bitcoin itself is the whole censorship resistant thing. Like otherwise use Venmo or just use PayPal. Like unless you're, unless you're using it for the purposes of storing digital gold and sending it around without being detected or essentially or without having to worry about your transaction being stopped, you might as well use something else. But then, but then you bring up like something like a Monero that actually today fulfills that purpose. He's like, oh no, 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 that's no. Yeah, well, because you know he missed. He feels like he missed the vote. It's no different when right. But I'm just saying, if, if you're going to make that argument, like your whole, your whole, it just falls. Everything falls apart. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like listening to him. His ideals are more closely aligned with Monero, which is hilarious. He hates Bitmain. Hates you know. We have Ricardo changing proof of work whenever yeah. he needs to to shut down ASICs. Like, I wonder, if, I wonder if he's ever questioning himself. Like, maybe Monero is a really great find, you know. And it's not a not this scam coin. And I shouldn't have attacked Ricardo. You know, uh, we should get him on the show one day. I would love to get him on the show. Yeah, I think we're too we're too low level right now. We got to build up, get a tweet storm to go after him. <laughs> We need the Monero outreach group. Yeah, push it. Church of Monero, hit up Tone Vase. get him on here. All right, man. Yeah, well, uh, we got to start doing a little more consistently again. That yeah. it's tough, man. But see that I have true appreciation for that as well. I, you, you know, you think this is like so easy to come on and do these like shows, but it just yeah, takes yeah. time. You gotta like get something together. What are we gonna talk about? Hit he's it, he's know. like producing like two shows a day. I mean, granted, I guess he doesn't have a job. job. Yeah. I mean, if it was my full-time job, I would put out eight hours of content a day. <laughs> <laughs> Part of it would be me streaming whatever video game I might be playing. Uh, that's funny. All right. Well, uh, listen, right, a couple of days and then uh, we're going to Myrtle Beach. We'll have to stream from the beach. Yeah, let's do it. Sounds good. All right. I'll talk to you later. Peace.